Hey everyone, I'm Zach Barker, and welcome to Worship Story. Happy March, everyone. Uh, We made it, uh, whatever that means. Uh, Today's episode is going to be an interview with Ko Ku. Ko is a worship leader in Malibu, California. He hails from the great state of Hawaii, and he's also a composer, a recording artist, touring musician, husband, father, uh, kind of does all of it and balances all those things. And I've gotten to know him over the past couple of years. And he's got just a really fascinating story about how God kind of brought him into pastoral worship uh, ministry. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear that. Um, but if you're listening to this right now, think of yourself as the third person on this conversation, because all of these questions I'm going to ask Co or what we're going to be talking about apply to you as well. Just because you're not a worship leader or, um, you know, don't, don't find yourself actively trying to create worship experiences for people every week, you also have a worship story that God is writing in your life. And it's important and it's beautiful and we could all learn from it and be inspired. So, Think of yourself. You're the third person in this conversation. Unfortunately, you you can't talk to us. So, <laughs> so there, there's that. But anyways, um, so let's just jump right in. And, uh, oh, I'm going to play one of his songs uh, at the very end. So stick around after that, one of his instrumentals that he's composed that, uh, honestly, uh, I love listening to his music. It's just got super good vibes. And I don't really say that, that phrase much, but... He, when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is super good vibes. So uh, let's join up with Co. All right, my guest today is Ko Koo. Uh, Ko, how are you doing? I'm doing well this morning, Zach. Okay. How's everything going with you? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's another morning. I saw we're both drinking coffee, so that's a good thing. Um, what does your mug say? It says good vibes only. Thank you. Um, something I try to live by on most days. <laughs> how does that how does that work out for you on most days? It, <laughs> it has its moments. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I'm so glad that you uh, agreed to come on today. Um, uh, I'm super fascinated by just a story that God is writing in all of us. And, and I love hearing about other people who are actively trying to create uh, worship experiences for others to engage in, whether that's on Sunday mornings at church or just as artists um, and really just in, in their lives. And so, um, yeah, super honored that you would, you would say yes to this today. Um, uh, but before we get into all that, um, I wanted to unpack something a little bit, get a little personal with you. Uh, sure. Growing up, I thought Zach was a cool name. And then I meet you, and now I'm, I've got name envy, and I'm intimidated. So talk to me about your name. 
Yeah. Fun, fun fact. Um, Zach was probably number three for a name for me. Right what? So it, was, it was Ko or Colomona, which is my full name. I'll unpack that here in a sec. Luke was the second, as in Luke Skywalker. And then Zach was a close third. Wow. So Okay. Could have been a could have been a Zach to Zach convo this morning. But, wow. I, I'm happy to get beaten out by Luke Skywalker. Um. <laughs> yeah. Great company to be affiliated with. Wow. I'll say. Yeah. So Co is it's been my nickname ever since I was a little kid. My full name is Kolomona. I'm from Hawaii, and that is a mouthful for most people to articulate especially out here in the wonderful land of Los Angeles. So Co works well. That's just one syllable straight to the point. But believe yeah. it or not, people can mess up that name too. I get Cole a lot. Oh, they, oh no. They, they assume that there's letters missing. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Basically. Awesome. I'll say like, they'll ask, what's your name? I'll say Co, and then like, that's it? What else? Like, nothing else. Oh, <laughs> this has been a great conversation so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, well, dude, so let's uh, just explore your story a little bit. Um, uh, you mentioned you're, you're from from Hawaii. Um, so did you grow up there? I did. Born I in a town raised. called Kaneohe. Yes, born and raised. Didn't relocate to anywhere else up until the age of 26, right after getting married. So I've had the incredible honor to, to travel a bunch as a musician over the years. So I didn't get that absolute need to go and live somewhere else to fully experience it. But felt like God had a calling on, on my life and, and the life of my wife. And California was the calling. So we kind of just stepped out here mid-20s. But born and raised island boy, I'm still all about that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your experience with church growing up? Yeah, I'll be honest, not a lot. I was a part of a family. We were more the Easter service, Christmas service type of family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, fortunately, you know, my parents put me in a Christian school, so I was introduced to Jesus at a very young age. I didn't declare him as my Lord and Savior until I was older, but it is kind of neat, the faithfulness of the Lord, just and I'm thinking of all just all these random points in my my um, in my upbringing where God was kind of there, just guiding or just directing my life in a certain way, even though he wasn't. I didn't understand that he was extremely present in my life. Um, he would give me a nudge here and there that kept me on this path that ultimately drew me into a relationship with Jesus when I was older. But as a kid, you know, Easter, Christmas, went to some junior high ministry things, but really didn't encounter God in a powerful and tangible way until my early 20s. Hmm. So when, when did you start getting into into music? Was that Are your parents musical? I, my grandfather is a music composer. I was a music composer for Universal. So I would imagine it came from that space. My parents didn't play too much. Um, we have a thing in Hawaii called Kanikapila, which is more just backyard jamming style. So we'll get some guitars, ukuleles, some bongos, and we'll just start jamming these 
songs you're gonna find uh, you'll find out in island reggae music and traditional Hawaiian music a lot of the chords are just g and a minor so <laughs> you just play those chords for three hours and um just see where it goes yeah <laughs> so that was uh, my experience jamming but i grew up as a classical piano player started playing when i was really little and that became um something that i just continued to pursue all throughout my childhood and i even studied that at university mm. and uh, i actually have a, a bachelor's degree in classical piano performance um i haven't had to use it <laughs> one day ever but it's cool to have that, that paper <laughs> i guess um so if you didn't really that's fascinating um uh being classically trained and um not i guess not really having a a huge upbringing in church you, you know um when when did that kind of i'm guessing that you you were playing you know live performing music for a while mm -hmm. when when did you kind of sense that that shift to leading worship like how how did you get into leading worship yeah it was it was an interesting and um organic way that it just unfolded i i've been part of a band still am it's an island reggae band called kolohe kai and i joined in with them right after high school so i just turned 19 and it was kind of like this teen pop island reggae band so we we're all like young kids just posted up on the beach and just just hamming it up you know and it was it was just a wonderful is a wonderful journey really because that project just exploded i i think back on it i didn't have to do the the crazy late night bar and restaurant gigs to make a buck i was just super um super grateful to get in with this group because it kind of uh, blew up the first few years so i'd say 2010 to 2012 we just started hitting the road a bunch traveling some to mm -hmm. new zealand australia uh, the Pacific Islands, that's kind of the demographic niche that Koloi Kai covered. And life was sweet. It was really, really, really good. And it was just kind of like the rock star life. It was, it was a clean vision for the band. Um, it was all about sharing love and aloha and um, being immersed in, in family life and what we call in Hawaii, Ohana. And that was the foundation for the group. So it was clean. We we're all young and just having a great time and really um, I don't know, what is the word? Really oblivious to how difficult it actually is to <laughs> pursue a music career. It was kind of just this wave that took off and we, we rolled with it. About three years, three and a half years into the project, the lead singer decided that he wanted to take a break. And at the time it was more of a break up versus we'll get back together later. It was more like, we're done. So we carried all this momentum and then it kind of just fell off the cliff. And that was kind of a shock for me hmm. because I just gotten used to this certain expectation of how to live my life. And then all of a sudden it's gone, the blink of an eye. So a combination of that, I had just gotten out of a, a really toxic relationship. And so in a sense, I kind of hit what I would have perceived at the time as a rock bottom hmm. and usually in those moments I know now that's where God will find us and um, pick us up and let mm -hmm. us know that he loves us and 
that's where I encountered God there. I didn't, that, that one ver, uh, verse from Proverbs, you know, raise your child up in the way they should go. When he's older, he's not going to deter from it. Even those experiences of being in churches, uh, church services on Easter and Christmas as a kid, going to a Christian elementary school and just being introduced to Jesus, that all came back. So when I hit a space of not knowing where to go or what to do, that's what came up. It's like, maybe we're just going to reconnect here and just go into a Sunday service. So it started off as that, hmm. went into a service, hadn't gone in years, and I was just absolutely wrecked. I couldn't even tell you one word that was spoken in the message, but I knew that God was meeting me in that brokenness. Hmm. And it, what inspired me actually was just seeing the music. Um, and at that point, I didn't understand the concept of worship or worship leading. It was just more like, wow, this music is awesome, and there's something that's pulling me in a little bit closer. Yeah. The worship director at the church I had gone to a few times was a good buddy of mine. He was actually the producer on several of the records that Koloi Kai released, as well as some other island music projects we had collaborated on. And he just gave me an open invite one Sunday and asked if I wanted to jump in and play keys. Um, it was the earliest call time of my life. I think it was like 5.30 a.m., <laughs> which is crazy. Most of the call times I've had up until that point would be at 11 p.m. Right. So it was that's the upside down kingdom right there. Um, <laughs> 5.30 AM, but I was there and man, it was just something really special from the moment we started playing. I just knew it was something way. I mean, it was just something so much, so much bigger than what I had known music to be as mm -hmm. a vehicle for, uh, self-promotion, you know, getting your, your name known. And this is like, man, this is, this is different. People are leaving this space changed. I can see like lives being being healed, you know, um, walls just coming coming down um, in a spiritual sense, and I just felt like God had was calling me a little bit deeper into that. So I kept pressing into it, kept jumping in on worship team, and uh, more and more opportunities opened up. The youth ministry at that church at the time um, it's called C4 Christ Center Community Church in Honolulu. Uh, they needed a a youth worship leader. Hmm. So I, I just said, yes, I was saying yes to most things in ministry there. Yeah. And I, that was one of the first lessons. Just, yeah, Jesus, I, I'm going to say yes here. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it always just turns out to be something more special than I could have done on my, my own will. So youth ministry came up and then I ended up jumping into a, another church plant, more as a, a music director. So I got some reps uh, running band rehearsals, song selection, scheduling people, a lot of the things that, you know, worship directors would do on, on a week to week. And it was God just slowly um, working in my heart and just equipping me with these skills yeah. that I didn't really realize at the time. So combination of that, moving to Los Angeles, hearing a calling on my life that um, he wanted to utilize what he'd been teaching me to draw others closer to him and man just leaning into that more and more opportunities opened up throughout socal and more recently it's been specifically in the malibu community so um just events with pepperdine and our home church vintage malibu there's just been some of the sweetest moments of worship when we can get to a space of we're not just singing songs they're not just sing-alongs this is an actual encounter with the living, everlasting God. And when he's in that space, everything changes. So yeah. that's kind of been 
the journey of worship leading here in the past eight years or so. But every day, God is just um, one revealing His faithfulness and just making things new. Man, it's it's been an incredible journey and uh, one that I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for anything. And I'm just, in a sense, I'm I'm absolutely addicted to being in the presence and space of God and what He wants to do because it's so beautiful. It's so life changing, and um, I haven't seen or experienced anything else like that in this world. Wow. Thanks for sharing all that, man. Um, That's fascinating to me to hear just that, how unique it it was of you getting put into the live music world. Um, It's like you said, it kind of came a little bit easier than people that are grinding for it. And got exposed to kind of what, you know, the the transcendent ability that music has for people mm-hmm. in a space. And then, and getting exposed to that first, and then, feel, you know, you yourself experiencing that turn of like, if this art form that the world loves, I mean, music is probably the most powerful art form, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you get exposed to when when it's turned and it's focused in a, in a sacred way, like the power behind that and and just that that calling that you know you sense the Lord putting on. That's super fascinating to hear. Um, I think you know if, if we can, like I kind of want to dig into that a little bit of just because now that you have that calling to lead worship on your life. Um, and just how I know you personally, that, that's not, that doesn't mean that you have put aside those other parts of your life as a, as a composer, as a a touring musician. Um, so if you would kind of unpack a little bit, the, the part of that creative process for yourself in, in those other, you know, realms realms is a weird word <laughs> but in that other area and then how that influences you as a worship leader yeah it's it's wonderful just to get as as i'm growing older and understanding um, god's heart a little bit more just the clarity of how he speaks into these certain spaces and at the end of the day it's all about intimacy with the heart of the father that's what it comes down to and as um, a follower of Christ, what I've understand, or what I'm beginning to understand more and more each day, is uh, one: I don't really know anything at all. <laughs> and <laughs> welcome, two, welcome. Yeah, two this this crazy chaos as to like I'm doing A, B, C, and D. They're all kind of tied in, and they're all opportunities to be spaces of worship, so mm-hmm. that others can draw closer to God, and that I can lean into God in those spaces as to what do you want to do here? What's next in this space? And I think beginning to to unpack that on a deeper level has shown me like, we are just so intricately designed in God's Mm -hmm. image. And he has something so specific for us. I truly believe that all of us are called to worship in our our own respective fields. It just looks different based Mm -hmm. off of how God has designed us from the inside out. And I think of a lot of the music endeavors I'm taking on now. One, I'm very conscious of what I'm putting out 
because I want it to align with God's heart. So I, I have no problem saying no to projects that um, aren't pursuing the heart of the father in mm. the sense of maybe it takes on more of a worldly perspective. I, I'm willing to say no to that and rather I'll take on something else that maybe it's going to be smaller, a little more niche based, but the impact that it can have can be something that will last for generations. And mm. that impact really is just allowing space for others to build a relationship with Jesus. So kind of breaking that down a little bit more with the, the Island Reggae group, Koei Kai, I don't, I would say out of every year, maybe we'll take two to three weeks of touring. So it's awesome. A lot of us were married and have kids now, so we can't hit the road as hard as we, we would have done 10 years ago. Sure. But the timing and the amount of touring that we actually do is perfect for the season of life that a lot of the band is in right now. So that's God working in that space. And not only that, but I look at those opportunities. You know, there's there's a, a pull of influence that comes when we when we play shows. So the the words that I speak, the actions that I take, has um, maybe a little bit of a um, a deeper effect on others in those spaces. So those are great ministry opportunities to just share some of my testimony or just share the love of Jesus mm. um, in those spaces. And that's something I wouldn't have had the courage to do just a few years ago, but every step I, I take with, with Jesus, I, I find more confidence, not in my own ability, but in his faithfulness and that he's working through my life. And when I found that when I honor him with that, with my life, uh, wonderful things just happen in the, mm. in the community around. Um, so you mentioned, you know, I'm a, I'm also a composer. So I have a couple of instrumental projects, uh, one in particular, that I, I I hold dear to my heart is is a co-writes project, and the whole purpose of co-writes was to create sounds and and basically background music to accompany times of of devotion, prayer, rest, relaxation. I mean, these are all just these are all just things we experience when we're we're kicking it with the Holy Spirit. And I I just wanted to um, create a musical project that would allow others to kind of press into that a little bit more. Uh, that's been another wonderful space to just share the love of God with others that are that listen to the music that um, have been pressing into that, and you know that the calling on on my life really is to just draw closer to Jesus. But he get, he gives more clarity of what that looks like in the day to day. So mm. obviously loving God first, but then loving your neighbor just looks so differently when you ask God, what does that look like yeah. <laughs> practically today, yeah. tomorrow? And um, I just love this um, building of relationship with him because it's kind of, when I think of it from a worldly sense, I'm basically running blind. I don't, I'm not following the steps that most would follow, but it's just coming back to a, a heart of surrender. And it's like, not me, God, but you and, mm -hmm the things that he opens up, they're just so sweet. It's so much better. Yeah. Um, so much greater than what I would be pursuing if I didn't have, you know, the Holy spirit as the, the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. Yeah. And that's so good. Um, that perspective of taking something that you hold so sacred, but recognizing that the call to, 
to lead worship does not is not just contained in the space set aside for church on Sunday mornings, but you're you know carrying that into into every every place that you're in and and how you um and that's beautiful man uh and let me just say i i mess that up all the time i'm not (laughs) don't make me out to be a saint it's just i know that's the expectation that god has but also Mm. that he extends grace when we fall short of that expectation and um, it's just a beautiful thing it's not really about striving really it's more just about i'm following you wherever you go jesus yeah um, for every day that I got here, it's the best that I can. Yeah. But um, thank you for extending grace too. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean, just how you carry yourself with such a humble spirit. I think that um, in in my short time on this earth, I've seen the Lord open more doors through humility than than not. And I think yes, that sir. that is why. Um, you are so successful in in the kingdom mindset, and and I just uh, I'm encouraged to know you and you know get to get to uh, uh, just be witness to that and and uh, that's that's part of the reason why I wanted you know you on here and to to hear more of your story in that because I I think that just how you carry yourself and I think the the joy that you bring into rooms that you enter um is is very tangible and and not because of you that's because of god <laughs> god in you um, absolutely but uh <laughs> well, thank um, you brother the feelings mutual there definitely oh thanks dude um i so i stalk you on instagram and by stalk you <laughs> i mean i think that just means I, I follow you i follow co-writes uh i saw a post of you playing piano with your daughter recently and yeah. Dude, talk to me about. I also have two two young kids, and mm-hmm. um, something that I f- I feel very kind of uh, burdened in a good way with right now is bringing my kids into like the time of like leading worship with yeah. with my wife and and even you know at home. Like my oldest has. He always asks if uh, he loves the song "Raise a Hallelujah," and he uh, he has kept asking recently when he can like lead with us on Sunday. <laughs> He's still not ready to. Um, every time we like actually get, we're like, "Buddy, you can bring your little little guitar and like stand up there and sing with us." And he's like, "Ah," eh. he, he like, um, "How how have you found, or how do you think, you know?" bringing your kids into that, that heart of worship, how do you lead by example, just, you know, as, as parents? One, I think it's one of the most underrated callings that God has for the life of of parents. You know, we don't, we don't own our kids. We are, we have this calling to shepherd them, to pour into them, to teach them about Jesus. And ultimately um, I, I truly believe that, it doesn't matter to me if my kids become, you know, absolute rock stars or extremely successful in whatever worldly endeavors they pursue. I just want them to have a relationship with Jesus through all of it, because that is what sustains. That's the foundation for it all. And when we begin to implement that in a, in our kids at a young age, um, there's just, 
man, to think of what can happen if they're starting to love Jesus when they're when they're one or, you know, I mean, maybe not, I don't know if they can <laughs> one that's pretty young. <laughs> but for example, I got a two year old and um, we will we'll jam some some worship songs. Yeah, it's like the, the kitty worship songs, every move I make this little light of mine, those things, but sure. just to see the joy on his face as he's rocking and he's dancing around like that, that is an exact representation of what's happened in the Bible over the generations. When people enter these spaces of wild worship, they mm. are, they are absolutely dancing and just going for it, not caring what other people think about them. Um, and it's just a be- it's a beautiful thing to witness as a parent, um, as a husband is just the, the ability and just the opportunity, really an absolute privilege to, to lead our families in worship. Yeah. And, um, you know, that just looks so different with every family. It can just be stepping into a little devotional, reading the kid's Bible through prayer, having some prayer time together. It doesn't have to be an hour long prayer. It can just be something that's sweet and, um, just shares the love of God. But man, those have been the sweetest moments. Um, mm. I, I learned that, you know, if you if you can't lead your 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 family within your household, it's going to be very difficult to to lead others towards Jesus outside Ooh. of your household. And um, mm. so much truth in that. Yeah. So, long story short, I, I've had some opportunity to just put my my three month old daughter in, in my in an ergo one of these little front backpacks. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically a, a mother kangaroo right. <laughs> with, with her kid and she's finally at the point where i can turn her around so she faces forward yeah and i can i can sit at the keys and just um you know just soak a little bit play some play some instrumental music and it's been amazing it just puts her at, at ease she'll begin to relax um Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work and she just cries regardless. And at that point, I have to hand her <laughs> off to mom. But, well, if you would stop playing all those minor chords. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Why do I have to go and play all those diminished seven chords in a row? <laughs> Change uh, the atmosphere. Yeah, seriously. Oh, that's awesome. Man, wow. What a convicting statement of higher calling to lead our families first. Um not just in worship, but in, in, in everything, but that's good, man. Um, if let's turn a little bit towards, uh, to your church and, Mm -hmm. um, something in real time that we're all, especially those of us in, in Los Angeles that has, uh, feels like the last County in the country to open things up. Um, as we are, you know, re- relearning what what church, what the gathered church is like in in this kind of post pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that you know, for me, that there's there's things that are burdensome in that, but there's a lot of things that are are an opportunity for you know to to do something new or to do something different. It's yeah. easy. It, the slate's kind of been wiped clean in 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 a good way, right. and. So I'd love to hear just from someone else, you know, also, also leading in this demographic out here, but mm-hmm. just for, for everyone that's listening, you know, where, wherever you're, you're leading, um, what's something that you're, you're currently teaching your congregation about worship? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, I, 
I'm currently a worship director at Vintage Church Malibu. So we're located right outside of Pepperdine University. It's technically not affiliated with with Pep, but being that there are you know a bunch of university kids there, they kind of flock over. But it, it it's a it's a church for the, the Malibu community, and it's been an interesting season navigating through worship and you know when I, when I when I break it down, I I just come back to this space of like, no doubt God is moving. He moved through 2020, the pandemic, and a lot of what I'm seeing now is a lot of it was pruning, um, him just kind of um, reorganizing things in the way that he wants, but also just some space to kind of step back for a second and to see what's working here. What is a challenge? What needs to go? Um, and with our community specifically, we've we've had the privilege to be in person since June of 2020 um, smaller community so we met with all the regulations of the state at the time there and what we've seen in the past six weeks transpires as more university kids have returned because Pepperdine is um, allowing kids to go back to campus yeah um, there's just been a lot of revival happening at mm. Malibu um, here in the last month and a half. I think there's a, an additional hunger for community, being together that we possibly took for granted before uh, 2020 went down. And what we're finding now in, in our community specifically is just uh, reposturing ourselves and getting back to this space of how can we equip our local community with um, the belief and understanding that God is real, God is present, and God is moving. And when we come to him with a posture of surrender, thanksgiving, and adoration, he comes in and changes everything. Mm. And it's been cool hearing some of the testimonies that have been taking place at Vintage. I, I sense more and more uh, comfortability, but the confidence in pressing into those worship times and, and not being afraid to, um, you know, raise hands or just receive prayer in the back of the room. Not to say like that's the best way to, to worship God, but what, what I'm seeing more and more, just hearts being willing to press into it. Hmm. And to get past that initial barrier of, um, oh my goodness, what is everyone thinking about what I'm doing here? Yeah. Or, you know, 2020 was tricky because it, as a worship leader, even when we were in person, it was hard to tell who was engaging with the masks and um, with being isolated for so long that all of a sudden being in social gatherings was was kind of uncomfortable. So I think we're just getting to a space now at Malibu where um, we can teach our community week in and week out that this practical component of, of engaging with the Holy Spirit uh, on Sundays, because that's when we gather, but really in the day to day, to the point where Sunday just becomes an overflow of the relationship we have with God throughout the week. Um, and I think it's it's a lesson that we'll be teaching here for a long time. It's a lesson that I'm understanding a little bit more each day, but still need to be taught. So 
that's the cool thing about the local community and what's happening happening at Malibu right now is like we're all on this this journey uh, of learning and understanding God's heart for us. And the more that we gather together, we find the more that he's being present in those spaces. Mm. And it's been a sweet, sweet time. Um, we're specifically seeing some of the fruits come to fruition here in the past month and a half or so. Mm. That's awesome. That's, that's so encouraging to see. Um, not that it's about at all people's physical engagement, you know, but I think, like you said, like being, being isolated for in, in whatever respect everyone was this past year, seeing, seeing that space kind of open back up, you know, you can't fake the need for communal worship and, and that hunger, um, like you said, that people have, uh, it is. It's very encouraging as as the church, and and I hope that I hope that uh, more churches will have that same attitude that you just expressed of how how do we continue to press into that and and really set up spaces to foster that and and encourage that um, because you're right whether people realize it or not there's a hunger for it um, and and that's awesome. Um, Something very practical uh, I want to ask is uh, talk about new songs. How they're getting nuts and bolts now. This is uh, <laughs> this is Co's Worship Corner. Um, how do you introduce new songs at your church, and kind of how do you how do you balance new songs versus familiar songs? Mm-hmm. I believe in the importance of familiarity in in more um, corporate worship settings because at you know at the end of the day if people have familiarity with the tune it actually bypasses that one wall of i need to learn something new <laughs> and i've learned to sprinkle in new songs kind of as a grain of salt but the new songs that we do are usually based off of themes for the teaching of the week, whoever's speaking. And if there's something that is very specific towards that message, we can bring that in. A lot of times uh, what I'll do is I will go with a familiar song and then tag a new chorus or a, a new bridge um, of a newer song and just maybe give some clarity and context as to like the heart behind that and to, mm. to why we should be uh, worshiping to these truths. Uh, but really, I mean, what you find is I'm a little more spontaneous with those kinds of things. I like to put up set lists and then uh, completely change it on the Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, I guess what it comes down to is uh, whenever I have the privilege to lead worship. We won't usually do the same song um, the exact same way ever again. It, I, I try to be in tune with what God's doing in that space. But with new songs specifically, I'll introduce it over the course of a three to four week period. Maybe the first week we'll just do like the chorus or one of the main stanzas that represent the, the main theme of that particular song. And then the next week, maybe we'll do the entire song. Um, but they're usually sandwiched in between more familiar songs mm-hmm. that people know and that people 
can uh, truly use to engage with what God's doing in that space. It is, um, you know, it's it's tricky navigating that. You hear a you hear a new song that really speaks to your heart, and you'll want to do it immediately. But one of the things as as a worshiper we want to press into, especially when we're we're shepherding a a community, is is the song right for what God is teaching and speaking into our community at this time. Um, so sometimes I'll get a, a new song that I'd be like, oh, this could work, but I'll end up shelving it for a few months because maybe we're not there yet or God is wanting to speak into something else specifically for um, for our church. Yeah. No, that's good, man. That's, that's I resonate with that so much of anytime that there's like a, a new song that is like super inspiring to me, I'm always asking right away, kind of just like holding it up in prayer, like, okay, God, is this for me and my own personal worship of you right now this week? Or is this for my church? Right. Um, and honestly, a lot of times I'll, I'll kind of just like wait to see if someone else mentions it. Like I'll take it as like, that's how God's going to like, and that happened, dude, that happened this last, or it was like two weeks ago with with my pastor and we were talking about you know the upcoming weekend and kind of where we were going we always try to theme together you know and so we're teaching the same the same message through song or through scripture you know yep and he mentioned this song that i had like made i always like to make a list of like these are songs i feel like inspired right now and he mentioned this song as like i feel like we should respond with this song we haven't done it in a while and i'm like nope that's it we're supposed to do it because <laughs> you just mentioned it. <laughs> I um, have confirmation now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, even just going off of that, I actually, I don't think this is cheating, but we have a lot of, <laughs> you know, younger generation kids coming up and, and helping out with uh, worship. So I'll just ask them, what are you resonating with? I'm kind yeah. of, I won't say I'm trapped in my, uh, the worship songs that I love, but Man, I just love worshiping to, to songs that I've known and songs that have had a story in my life and the life of my family and, and our local community. That, those are kind of my go-tos. And if, if I'm being real with you, I, I, don't, I don't listen to a ton of new worship songs. In fact, a lot of the time I spend in worship, it's just through instrumental music. Mm. Like that's kind of the space because I, I guess I'm in an area right now where I'm pressing into uh, more of the word and having some of this devotional music on the background really helps usher in God's presence in a more practical way, I guess, sure. um, where I can feel it. But it's instrumental worship, man, or the sound of nature outside. To me, that's like a really beautiful worship song that's playing 24-7. Yeah. In tune with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, man. Um. No, I I don't think that's cheating to ask <laughs> ask what <Great. laughs> just to set the record straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, what is a what is a way that you that you stay refreshed? You kind of mentioned this a little bit right there, um, but maybe just a way that you you kind of keep refreshed as a leader, because I think especially as worship leaders, we can get in in the same groove, the same pathway of our own personal worship. And um, it is easy to, to, to get stuck in that. And yeah. so um, one of the 
big reasons that I love doing this podcast is hearing from other people and what they do, because honestly, I need it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, um, I don't Have you found any ways that kind of help keep you refreshed personally? I think it changes with the seasons. Um, I found that some seasons I'll dive in to some, some worship books, um, in every season, really pressing and in, pressing into to God's word. I, I always come back to John four, you know, where, where God is calling us to worship in spirit and truth. And you just break that down. That can be the foundation for worship for all of eternity is that we're engaging with God when we encounter him with spirit and truth, um, being his Holy spirit and the truth of this word that we press into. That's a one, two punch right there to, um, I, I believe refresh any season of worship, but I truly hear sometimes it can, it can be a little bit stagnant when things get a little routine or formulaic, um, uh, just being a little transparent. I'd say there was a two to three month period in 2020 where I got a little burnt out from contemporary Christian music and not the truths behind the words, but more so maybe just the musical style. Um, and so I had to come back <laughs> into, into prayer and be like, God, what, what is happening in this space? Why does it seem like this area is drying up? And it, it's just because during that time, um, how God wanted me to worship was just a little bit different mm -hmm. since then. The, the well has been filled with more living water and uh, I'm back, baby. But, you know, just <laughs> I, I think every worship leader and anyone who really has a calling of worship on their life, which God is calling all of us to, is going to come through mountain and valley seasons and, and spaces where it's really sweet. And it's like, man, this this is overflowing big time. And then other spaces and other times where it's like, what, where did it go? And, um, but in it, what I'm finding is that regardless of the circumstances, you know, still yet I would praise you and whatever that looks like, uh, it kind of changes a little bit here and there. Um, sometimes it'll just be for me a month or two of just sitting in this room on, on the carpet <laughs> and just, just praying. And when I say praying, I'm not speaking a lot. I, mm. I'm welcoming God into the space and I just try to be silent. I'll have something to write. I'll have like a book or something if, if I get anything and usually a Bible. Um, but yeah, that is one thing that um, we want to be aware of as worship leaders and, and worshipers and just ushers of God's presence is that um, in our, our leadership area, if we don't truly believe what we're speaking or what we're living out, um, people will catch on to that. And there will be less authenticity, less, uh, I don't know. I think on a subconscious level, people just know when you're not um, living out what you're teaching or speaking. So it's it's all the more vital that as um, worship leaders that we're, we are pressing into God through, um, you know, spirit and truth. Hmm. Oh, that's good, man. That's, that's really good. Um, it's something that my wife and I always cling to when choosing songs, and you kind of touched on this, is that we, we're only going to lead the songs that we believe in. And that sounds very <laughs> low-hanging, but like, yeah. 
like you say, people can know if if it's like, well, this guy doesn't actually believe this what he's singing, so why should I? You know, and so like, mm-hmm. but that takes that takes the 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 work of us going before and like actually worshiping with that song and through that and yes. and, uh, and 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 that's evident. That's super evident, and and I find way a lot more joy and a lot less pressure leading when it's like, man, I've sat with this song this week, and people hardly ever know that, but like you can tell, and and that's a that's a really good encouragement, man. Um, super good, dude. I I was gonna close by asking you, you know, what what encouragement would you give to other worship leaders right now you just have a, had a great answer right there um but dude is there anything else that you would that you would say yeah for you know up-and-coming worship leaders or or worshipers that have been doing it for a while it just comes back to spending time with jesus uh, i think it was john 17 3 uh, the bible God shares with us the secret to eternal life, which is like the most profound thing that many people are searching for, and is that they would know God and the Son whom you sent. Hmm. That's it, man. Yeah. And there's a daily knowing to be had with Jesus, and um, He's calling us in every day, and He wants to meet with you. That's the cool thing, you know. I I heard this metaphor where it's it's basically. Imagine someone who has incredible influence in your life could be like, it doesn't have to be like on a local scale. It could be like an iconic figure or something. And just imagine they want to meet with you for for coffee tomorrow morning and just think about how stoked you'd be. And like, you probably wouldn't be able to sleep. You you brainstorm all these questions, but when you meet with them, your jaw will probably be shaking a little bit. Now, I want you to envision like the creator of heaven and earth and all of the universe wants to meet with you for coffee right now. Mm. When we truly understand the magnitude of that, I think we'd actually be like prostrated on the ground with our face, like kissing the ground because that's the magnitude and glory that God carries. Yeah. But as on this side of heaven, we're just beginning to scratch the depth of that truth and that understanding. And um, it's amazing that we get the opportunity though to know God in that way, to have a relationship with Jesus um, every single day. And so that that's one piece. The other piece I would say, just encouraging worshipers, worship leaders, think of it as um, you're, you're a tourist driver. So you pick up these people and you're taking them to this beautiful destination and um, that's a that's a big big calling. You get to this beautiful destination. Maybe there's just um, an amazing sunset right off the cliffs, or there's some some beautiful surf out there in the water. And you don't stand in front of the destination as the tourist as the tourist guide. You get out of the way so that people can behold this glory, behold this beauty. And at the end of the day, you know, as a worship leader, you're not a very good worship leader if you got everyone if you have everyone just talking about you and how amazing you are, I think you didn't do your job. I mean, they want, you want the community and those you're leading to be saying, man, God really showed up big time that day. And when the focus is shifted to him and, and not, not us, um, that's when we're, when I believe we're fulfilling our calling as worshipers. 
as others focus more on God, they um, they come to a place of surrender and giving them adoration and thanksgiving. Mm. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Well, dude, this has been fun. It's been good to hear from you. Thanks for uh, unpacking your worship story for us. Um, man, where you've got a lot of different projects, a lot of different things. Where can, where can people find you? Yeah, I got a few projects going on. Um, I would say the one project I, I would want to share that I, that I'm, I'm totally all in for the kingdom with is, uh, is the co-rights project. So K O W R I T E S. Uh, I've got several albums there, bunch of singles, uh, all on, the digital platforms so if you listen to music on spotify apple music amazon google play itunes they're all there and i'm slightly active nowadays on instagram at co-writes as well not as much as before um just a busier season um, outside of the digital world but uh, I'll, i'll be there and i'd say those are the two areas i hang around most on socials awesome Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to add that in the show notes um, and uh, so people can find you there. Co, this has been great. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Zach, for having me on the on, on the Worship Story podcast. Uh, it's been 412 days since we led worship together, but who's counting? You know, I did, hope it happens. Did you actually sooner. count that? I made up a number that was <laughs> ballpark. It was a Christmas service of 2019. If, I mean, <laughs> it feels right. That feels right. I'm okay. going to do the math. After <laughs> you we should. Here, but thank you, you brother. Bless you. Um, this has been a wonderful experience hopping uh, into this, uh, this call with you today. Yeah, man. All right. We'll talk soon. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comfort, that he may abide with you forever.